I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to another episode of the Dr. Supercoach Podcast. You're joined again this week by JB and I have with me the esteemed Cheezo Cheezerson. How are you, friend? <laughs> you just came up with that on the spot, didn't you? Am I allowed to say your surname on the podcast? Is that allowed? Uh, uh, well, it does make me a sir. I am a sir. I hope you address me as such. I will not. I'm very disrespectful <laughs> non-sir who's uh, salty no, at all the sirs. No joke. I literally just ordered my, um, my new number plates. As Chizo. Did you is that, actually? Is that too obnoxious? That's very vain. Yeah. I, I would, <laughs> if I was in the Queensland area and I spotted Chizo number plates floating around, I would be Please sure don't not egg my car. Please don't No, egg. no, no. I was just going to say, like, give it a, a moon or something. Oh, you know, that, I'm all about that life. Yeah, cool. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to help you out here. It's, <laughs> it's desperate if you ask. It's, it's, it's a fun prank for, from me, though. Um, all right, so as per usual, as per every other week, we are powered by Code Sports. Very grateful to our sponsors, Code. Um, Chizo, how powered did your team become this weekend? Um, it, it was powered like a blackout is the best way right. that I can say. Yeah, the, a bit of lightning, a bit of storm disturbance, and the power was cut. Uh, 21.69, which I thought was a pretty decent score, even with a, a 1.14 captaincy score from Laird, who's let me down two out of three weeks now. Uh, but it only saw me go from uh, 28, uh, sorry, 38,000 to 34,000. So not a massive rank change uh, between round two and round three. But overall, I think we said it last week, JB, I'm relatively happy with my side. 
side. Um, yep. I still got 32 trades remaining heading into round three after making the correction to get Dacos. I got Darcy Cameron last week, which is now I have to find a way to get to English, which is going to be another double trade. I'm, I'm, I'm doing everything I can not to boost. Um which we'll, we'll touch on a little bit later. There's a few few people going crazy with the boost, it seems. Um, and I think there's there's definitely some upside. It's very tight at the top. We'll go through some numbers uh, a little bit uh, later in the show, JB. But there's only about 150 points separating where I am now to the top 10K. So I'm yeah. building. I'm positive. I'm, I'm excited for, for what's to come. And as I said, you know, after round four, give us a, a true representation of where we are. It might, be the, it might be the tightest early... Um, rankings that we've had in recent memory. I remember last yeah, year yeah. was very tight, but it is officially tighter this year, um, even again. So um, I did okay. I scored just over 2150. Uh, I think it was close to 2160. Um, and I was, again, I was happy with my score too, happy with my team. Um, didn't really have any underperformers besides Bond and Doherty and Cogs, who all did so with um, disposal efficiency. It seemed to be the week for it. Um, a lot of clangers between those three, which is uncharacteristic for at least two of them, uh, looking at you, Cogs. But um, <laughs> I, I think my my team, I'm, I've got another trade in the bank that I'm going to make this week, I think. Uh, and other than that, I'm really happy with where my team is. And I too want to talk in detail soon about the the difference between it's a fine line between aggressiveness in trying to catch up and aggressiveness in getting further behind and i think people are tight roping it at the moment um especially people in our patreon are tight roping it with some of the suggestions i'm seeing yeah um, and i don't know if our discussion is going to come across as well as people want it to because I think people like hitting that trade button and mm, mm. Um, I, I don't know, it would to be discussed as to whether that's endorsed or not. Um, before we get into that though, I've got some Patreon names to yell out. Um, I won't yell, I'll probably just say them at a normal <laughs> I was going to say, you're really setting a high bar. No, 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 no. I don't want to strain my voice. It might be a long podcast. Uh, so we've got Ash Pereira, Darren McMillan, Emmanuel Spiru, Riley Marignoni. Oh, no. Maring, Maringoni. Oh. Please, please write into us if that's uh, uh, incorrectly pronounced I'm so, I'm so we saying, can get a donation. I'm saying Marignoni. Marin, oh, wow. This is this is actually... The, oh, he's breaking down live on the pod. This is tough. This has yeah. never happened before. Marangoni. No, it's definitely not that. It's Marangoni. I don't know how Marang- many goes Marang- he gets. This is too Marang- many attempts, Marang- I think. I'm sorry. One of them's got to be right. Max Tar, Evolution figures. We got a, a Pokemon fan in. Uh, Dennis. L- oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Dennis Lowski. That's 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 correct. That one's definitely correct. And Mark Lynn. I don't know why I was so weird about those. I'm strangely tongue twisted today. I think <laughs> that's uncharacteristically tongue twisted by me. Yeah, it's not like you to forget your words. Usually, I can't shut you up. Marignoni. Oh, no, I can't do it. <laughs> All right, we're going to move on to the Cancer Council before JB keeps going. He's going to literally just Marangoni? throw darts until he hits the center. Uh, we've got Dennis D, up the pups. Thank you for the donation. Duke has come through and said, Wilmot came through when the world needed him most. That he did, Duke. Uh, and once the once the, the threat of Constable being the sub dissipated, we're all very happy with his, his high 60s. Oh, hey, Sam. Uh, Kimbo, 
Donation for saying someone should donate if Bond reaches 120 points versus the Lions in hashtag game day. If I had committed at the time, I said this, maybe he would have actually scored 120. Sorry, owners, says Kimbo. Tom G, backing up Josh's good work and contributing after correctly guessing that Joe Danaher would stink it up in front of goal. Nice. Guy Fisher has traded Darcy to Darcy Cameron and Tim Taranto to Chessa. Oh, and Chessa. Oh, my God. <laughs> Cameron to Darcy. And then I think he's looped. He's put Tim Taranto and Chessa as one trade to Jay-Z and Setters. Okay, that makes more sense. Uh, you'd think after playing this game for a decade, I'd learn. Ha, 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 mid-prices. Thanks, Guy. Uh, Rob Hughes says, donation for dumb things, trading Shrek to Darcy Cameron and now have to do another trade. I That's think- not a dumb thing, Robert, but I appreciate the, the donation. That wasn't dumb. You're just trying to get out of donating. Uh, destination do <laughs> Rob has no Eon Baker with a potential hopper loop compounded by not t- uh, by taking Wilmot's score over Ginby's. Ginby's. Oh my God, that's yeah, that's, that's a that's, that's a hounder. Uh, and JK says last donation uh, inspired the donation for def- uh, defender goals. I am donating for every tackle made by Tackle Kings Laird and Barry. Hopefully Ooh, we're going to see fan, JK. Hopefully we're going to see a few more tackles in the next. Uh, couple of weeks so Laird can stop plummeting in price. JB, but that's all the donations for the Cancer Council. Thank for everyone that has jumped up on board uh, to start 2023. We appreciate it. Yeah, it's, it's been an unreal start to the year and obviously we passed that goal. We probably need to poke that up a little bit, but um, obviously the appreciation is always infinite for those who, who can reach into their pockets. I might be having to do so after that butchering of Riley's <laughs> name. Riley M is, is how he's known, now known. Uh, on the streets, Marangoni. Uh, anyway, um, well, actually, it, JB, the last thing I should mention is that right. there's a lot of people thinking right now. Hold on, Port won. Uh, so, sorry, lost the showdown. How is what, JB wow. on the podcast? He only records when they win, uh, and that's because last coach standing began in round three, and so Pistol is busy at work behind the keyboards, clickety clacketing. And uh, calculating the uh, percentage that are going to be cut out of the uh, the last coach standing, so um, that's getting underway at the moment, JB. And that's uh, hopefully I last a little bit longer than last year. I think I was out in the first handful of rounds. Did you have to mention the showdown in that in that segue? It was like yes, it seemed like a real easy seamless segue, but you just decided to jump on the sh- on the showdown result. People have been asking me. I literally had a DM saying JB's not going to be on the pod. Port lost. I, I'm pretty sure I, I was on like every podcast last year, and we won like four games. So I don't, I don't know how else to dispel this myth, but um, it's a myth. It's, it's not, it's not true. <laughs> yeah. I feel very, I feel very hurt by this. All right, we're gonna move. We're gonna move. Um, we've got some people to talk about. So the podcast is going to be split into a few sections. Um, we're not going to do game by game. I still feel like it's nitty-gritty enough early in the season to, to discuss the main topics. And then as the season progresses and we, and we start to sort of get into a generic um, talking about, you know, several players per game, that's, that's when we're breaking to game by game. But right now, I want to start with a hard-hitting question, Chizo. Yes, hit me. Who are we trading Darcy Cameron to? And when I say we, I mean everyone else because I don't have him. You didn't get Darcy Cameron last week. No, I did not. Wow. Well, that's one bullet that you've managed to dodge. I, I think last week I said um, I was disappointed that I stuffed my trades up the week before and I was going to bring in LDU and I missed his his laid out. So 
Uh, you win some, you lose some. Unfortunately, I am in the camp of Darcy Cameron. I think there is four really kind of tiers that you can go for. I think number one, yep. the obvious choice is do what you can to get English. It's For most people, it's going to be a two-trade scenario. Um, I think even if you had to boost to try and get English, I could still sort of see that because... We literally, um, Pistol did some uh, did a write-up before and he said, there's literally one premium mid going 111 plus so far this year and that's Oliver. I, I don't have Oliver, so I don't really have a reliable captaincy option right now, whereas English has started the season on fire. So uh, he not only helps me keep contact with um, those that have started the season with him, he also gives me another reliable VC and C option, which I desperately need at this point. Um, so that would be my first choice. My second choice would be Wits. I think... Um, at this point, we've had so much carnage going on. It's, it's probably something we overlooked a little bit in the preseason, thinking we might get half a dozen rounds before everything hits the fan. Um, it just Wits is just doing Wits things. He's going to go 105 to 110 for the remainder of the year. He's probably going to play 22 games and will not really take any notice of him, and he'll be fine. Um, all right. Let me, let me jump in. Let me jump in. All right. All right. So Tim English first. And and then Wits is obviously very similar. So we'll talk about Wits in ex- by extension. Um, Tim English not is similar exactly, at all, by the way. No, well, three hundred dollars difference in price. Oh, similar in my, price, not similar yes, in what you're yes. buying. It's no, like no, 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 no. You're buying no, just, a car for the same price, but it's got no wheels. No, because I'm about to talk about how you get to these guys. Because you did mention it, you said um, you'd be okay with boosting um, potentially in English. So let's talk about it. So, in your opinion. How important is getting to English slash wits over who I can only assume you're about to talk to, which is uh, talk about, which is Grundy slash if you didn't start Marshall or something like that, mm. which if you didn't start Marshall, you probably have one of these guys anyway. But anyway, um, how important is English slash wits over the field? Um, well, I should clarify wits is uh, sorry. English is number one. If you don't have English. If you do have English yep. and Darcy Cameron R2, get wits. Uh, I, w- I wouldn't be thinking about wits if I, if I don't have English to begin with. Like I wouldn't be picking wits over English, you know what I mean? Right, right, right. Yeah, so that's important. So um, so we're getting a pecking order here. So English, I think, we're, we're quite easily saying is number one. Yeah. Um, all right, so then let's pivot again. Where yep. is Brody Grundy in this? Because he's 150. What is he? A hundred and something k cheaper, or is he? Yeah, he's, um, he's basically not moved. He's uh, around the the same starting price, five hundred five k around there. My assumption yep, is yep, that yep. a lot of people will have fifteen k or thereabouts that they need to get from Darcy Cameron after his price rise rise to get to English. Yep. I'm still not Grundy. overly uh, sorry. Yeah, to to, to Granny. Thanks. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, I'm still not overly impressed with how his. Um, his years going. I thought the start of the the Swans and Melbourne game, he was actually pretty poor. Uh, it looked like it not not that he was struggling to get to contest, but he just looked like he was not not rushing from content contest to contest. I should say, like it's not like the Grundy of old that I remember from a few years ago when he was he looked know, unfit. Thirty ruck. He, he, he oh, looked I wouldn't unfit. say that. Like As, he's an no, AFL no, no, no. footballer. No, no, no. So let's hear how, let's hear how it is. Per what we have seen from Grundy in his career so far, he's best at spreading from the contest, getting disposals um, up on the wing, getting getting lead up marks, being um, almost what Tim English is this year. Um, that that's been his best avenue to points. 
And I think it goes without saying that in the first couple of rounds, he did not look capable of playing a full game as a as a full time ruckman. Um, and being able to spread from the contest. He looked like he was going to get all his points from being a tap ruckman and a goal scorer this year. Um, however, in this game versus Sydney, I know it was against Laddams and Amati, um, but he was very good and he spread really well. Um, I just worry where the actual Brody Grundy lies in all that because um, if he's the guy that we saw from the first two rounds – then he is absolutely not good enough. And the problem is, is is it Max Gorn that makes him like that? Or is he just building fitness going into the season? I feel like it's the combination with Max Gorn and Gorn's not out for the season. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So if you're potentially booking in an 80 average when Gorn gets back in you know four to six weeks, then you have to trade Grundy out at that time. Yeah. So is he going to make enough cash in the meantime to be a viable trading option this week for Darcy Cameron or do we have to do everything to get Tim English? Like that that's sort of do, do you know what I mean? Like where where is the priority? How can we sort of can we cut corners here? Not really. The the, no. the priority the priority is get English in in my mind and if you already have him get get wits personally. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm done. I'm done messing around in the ruck line at, at this at this point. Like with everything I, else I that's think, going on, I think you could argue Roel Marshall over Wits um, for price, but that's like I, I think Marshall and Wits go close enough for the season, even though Marshall's had a bit of a um, an average start. But um, for that hundred k difference, I could I could make that argument. Whereas Tim English versus anyone else in the ruck line, I can't even make an argument. Yeah, like yeah. This, this guy's averaging 137 points, um, and they've won one game so far. Yeah, uh, he he's getting points for existing on the field. He, he's getting bond scaling out there. Um, he's become a tap ruckman. He, he's averaging career best tap ruckman hit out to advantage um, statistics by far, and he's still spreading from the contest extremely well. So. Um, I know people are going to say, you know, we didn't start him because he's injury prone. We didn't start him because of his buy. Whatever the reasoning is, the the trouble that you're going to have if he doesn't come up with that that sort of that free out, like the the one week injury, the trouble that you're going to have if that doesn't happen for four, five, six, seven, eight weeks, compared to the trouble that you're going to have just trading him in, is minute. Yeah. Yep. So. I, I, I- the, the logic, so so like when I started, like this was I was going through like a tier system. Yeah, You're absolutely yeah, yeah. right that that after Wits was number three, I've just got Marshall versus Grundy written down. It's like I think all the things that we liked about Marshall in the preseason are still there. Like I don't think yep. we're sitting here going, you know, yes, he's underperformed. He's only averaging ninety six to start the year, but I wouldn't like nothing has really changed in my eyes as to what we should expect from him over the season. Like yep. the length of the season, maybe we're just wrong, and he's not a good super coach squad. But that's not the evidence that we've seen with him in this role. So I think we just give him time. Um, if I was bringing him in, I think that he has a greater chance of out averaging. Like he's got he's better better chance at out averaging Grundy. I think than Grundy yeah. is suddenly becoming a keeper. I think if you're getting Grundy, you're upgrading him at some point. And yep, absolutely. And uh, the, I suppose you could also say the same thing for for Marshall if he doesn't hit the heights that we think he's going to be, which is one ten plus. So 
Um, if he like Grundy is a definite, definitely going to be upgraded. Whereas a Marshall is like uh, maybe he's going to go on a, a decent run for a few rounds until we get around to upgrading him. Um, the thing with with Grundy for me, this is where it all comes from. JB is he's got West Coast, Essendon, Richmond, North, and then Gold Coast in round eight is sort of when Max Gorn, I believe, is like estimated to be back. So yeah, it's four to six. Yeah, you, uh, you've got West Coast that has no Ruckman. Like Darcy literally had 55 hitouts on the weekend. Like yep. it just just smacking it down his midfielder's throats. Uh, Essendon, not an overly um, ambitious Ruck contest there. You've got Richmond, which have Nank, but Nank has never really been a Ruck destroyer. North have their own Ruck um, issues at the moment, so there there is the argument that you can see with the Grundy that like he's come off the back of a good score against Sydney at the MCG. Uh, maybe you get four weeks out of him where he goes one twenty as the number one ruck like we've seen him in previous years, and you get like a hundred k out of him. Um, I think that's just way too risky and way too much asking for trouble, knowing that you have to trade him out in five weeks anyway. I don't hate it. And I only don't hate it in situations where you cannot get English. Yeah. So if you're looking at trading, um, so say say your team's traveling pretty well. Now you've got this Darcy Cameron issue. You don't have cash in the bank. You're mostly guns and rookies because um, mm-hmm. I think anyone who's not mostly guns and rookies generally has an out with a, a mid-pricer. Even if they're performing okay, you can sort of you know justify it. Yeah, say yeah. your worst mid-pricer is Hopper. And you held him last week and he's coming back this week. He's, he's fresh off a 115 plus. I don't think you want to trade Hopper down to like a Will Phillips to facilitate getting English in this week. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think that's a hugely beneficial trade because I, I think one trade is, is a heavy negative. I think Hopper makes twice as much money as what Will Phillips will. Um, and plays you know, it get, get, gets more points on field. If he does that, he's going to be 650K yeah, mid. I, 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 okay. So I think he's worth twice as much value okay. when, you, when you consider points on field as well. Okay. Yeah, that's sure, that's sure. a better way of saying that. Sorry. Um, but uh, so if I think that, so if I think that trade is like detrimental to your team, and then obviously Darcy Cameron to English is, is highly beneficial for your team. But if you can get Grundy for maybe four or five weeks on a 115 plus average against that ruck run, he makes enough money to be a step stepping stone. And I know it sucks to put in another trade in that ruck line, but I can understand a scenario where you just don't want to sacrifice anyone else. And this is the only move you can do. But yeah, if you're yeah. not in that scenario, if you have players that you can drop down and instead you're just prioritizing trading another premium up or a, a mid-pricer up to someone or like a Warpool to Setterfield, like it, I, I, I just don't think that's worth it. I think you just you get English this week and you stop, you stop messing around on that ruck line. You just lock it in. Yeah, yeah. Um, just briefly on the, the, the Hopper thing, I don't necessarily argue – like I don't like you said it. You, you you said it off the top. There was like you don't want to trade Hopper. It's not like you would advocate for them doing that. You wouldn't feel good about doing it. Unfortunately, I think that getting English takes precedence over maybe getting a hundred k out of Hopper. 
and and getting some points on the field because we've got Baker averaging the 60s. I've got Hollands um, and Davey in my midfield. So, like, I've, I can pretty much confidently get myself a 60 from, from week to week if, like, if my loops are going well. Um, whereas I just feel like if you're getting, say, Grundy, you're just so far behind the eight ball. Like, whatever, like... With Hopper, what are we expecting? We're expecting something like mid-90s. Like if I'm only yeah. losing 30 points between a rookie and Hopper on average week to week, I feel like that having English as a captaincy option is just as, like is making up for that. And the money that you would be getting from Hopper is probably coming from a rookie that you've got elsewhere anyway. Like you go a week early on, on someone else um, using some DPP, like JVR on the forward line, for example. Like I just... I feel like it's we're kind of dismissing the idea of getting rid of Hopper because he's your only way to get English. Um, in that head-to-head, I wouldn't necessarily be advocating to hold Hopper and let English go, if that makes sense. Yeah, it, it does make sense. I suppose the way I'm looking at it from is who scores more points, Grundy and Hopper or English and Phillips? Yeah, it's it's probably English and Phillips. If if you I mean if you think that then I think it's obvious that you then make those trades but um, I think it's a lot closer than that and yeah. I, I can't I can't say for sure who it will be in that case I know Hopper and Grundy are, are going to be better value for money than than both the other selections at this point yeah yeah for at least a month and then and then from then on uh, uh, obviously we've got to get english this is this is only for people who've either you know burnt too many trades out or or no sorry not burnt too many trades out um or you know it, don't believe in will phillips or cuz like will phillips might not even be a thing like ldu and simpkin are coming back into this team will yeah. phillips could be sub fodder literally this week mm. like they lost with him being their, their main cba guy and we're going to talk about rookies. Um, Phillips isn't your field towards- guy, though, is he? You're going to be playing one of your other bench rookies that you've had at emergency the last few weeks. Like no, Baker but you're not trading Hollins. in a donut, are you? Like You want oh, this guy to make some money. You want is this he going to be a donut, benefit. though? Like, are we being realistic well, by, by saying, he, like, oh, now that these two midfielders no come back, he's, gonna, he, he's not going to get a game? He wasn't, best, he wasn't best 22 two weeks ago. Yeah. So oh, yeah, I don't in, know. In, in, in saying that, he's played all three games and two of them he was named on field, so... Can can we say is a a donut risk? He can't he, he can't have played all three games. Oh yeah, no, I just made that up to to kind of make my <laughs> point a little stronger. <laughs> no, no. So he was sub in the first round, and then in the second round he didn't play, and then this round he came. Back I was in, just trying so, to sneak that one in there, and you'd be like, so okay, shut up. I see him. <laughs> he was the twenty third player, and then at least the twenty fourth or after in the second round, and in best twenty two last week. He's on your bench, um, mate. You stick him there with Chester and Constable. They can have a great time. You're trading to him. You're trading. You're trading an on field guy to him. So who goes on your field? <laughs> oh, Baker. I mean, Baker, Baker or Hollands? Yeah, I'll, I'll take uh, a sixty in English. Damn, I don't trust those guys. Either. But anyway, <laughs> um, I, I, look. All I can say is I can understand, but that is like a rare scenario that we're talking about. That would even still having the discussion of is Grundy even viable then? Yeah. And is that we we don't really know. The the answer is just get Tim English. Yeah. Put all these concerns, all these quarrels to bed, 
and just get Tim English. And then you can watch Bulldogs games again without complaining on Twitter or in, in game day on Slack that Tim English is getting bont scaling and it makes you angry and you, you want to go to AFL Fantasy. It's as simple as you, you just get those guys in. Yeah. And this guy, especially being a ruckman, averaging so many more points than any midfielder in the comp besides Clary, um, he's doing captaincy things. He's doing unbelievable things. He, he's an absolute must get. You're going to need him between now and the end of the season. So you've got an open ruck spot. Make, just make it now. Just do, do the easy thing. Don't don't try and get fancy when the game is offering you an opportunity to correct a, a mistake that you made at the start of the season. So yeah, um, I think that's the, the the gist of it. Yeah, um, wait. I've but, got one more. I've oh, got a dot. Do. I've got a dot point here from a DM that says. Pistol says to mention Nank because oh, he was um, ve- he was the only one commenting on Nank being a potential starting <laughs> option due to the ruck carnage, and he's gone 112, 118, 124. He's getting better every week. He was having an absolute shocking game against Darcy Cameron. He was getting towed up. And then as soon as Darcy Cameron got injured, Nank went crazy. <laughs> he went crazy for a quarter and a half, scored like 50 points. And got the one twenty four. Um, yeah, look, Nank, Nank is good, but he's he's only fifty k or sixty k cheaper than English. So, just get sorry, English. pistol, but he's still not the best option in our ruck line. Yep. Um, I will say just quickly, if for those who had Darcy Cameron in a position other than a ruck line, so if they have English Marshall and Darcy Cameron uh, yep. in the forward line, for example, um, who are we looking at? I've written three names down. And I've only written them down because they haven't moved in price yet. And I think that's super attractive to, to jump on. Um, but it's LDU, Josh Kelly, Tom Stewart, if you can do some DPP madness. Yeah. Um, otherwise, who are we looking at in the forward line potentially? Oh, clearly Harry Sheasel. Hey, look, he's a cheap premium. Um, yeah, yeah. So he, yeah, I mean, look, he, he qualifies. Um, <laughs> if you've got Sheasel, like 90% of the competition do, or 76% of the competition do, um, Darcy Cameron is the third. No, he's not. He's not the third. Uh, where is he? He's the ninth third highest owned. Yeah, third most point, ninth highest owned forward, um, right below Errol Gordon, who's 43%. So. Um, do, do you just do you correct to one of the big boys that you potentially didn't get? Like he, he's still a decent price, um, Darcy Cameron, and he's more expensive than Golden. Well, this is my concern because like we can sit here and say um, trade him to say Dunkley or something um, or one of the big boys like a Cornelio or a Rosie or whatever. Like a lot of these guys probably need two trades to get there. Like Rosie, maybe you've got 30 grand sitting in the bank. Like I, I feel like that's something that people would have. But I don't think many people are going Cornelio or Dunkley in one trade. Yeah. So it's likely that they're going to have to be going cheaper and like um, you, you can pretty much pretty much go one, like what's it, 20K to get to Taranto, 30K to get to Rosie. Um, it's only 5K down to get to Goulden. Like if you're picking a forward, you can pretty much, like I'm assuming most people have Dunkley anyway. So um, the only one that's really kind of cancelled out in terms of like people not having the cash there likely is probably Cornelio. And I'm probably I'm not doing two trades to get Cornelio in at this stage. I would be swapping and he's gonna to, have a high break even shortly anyway. Yeah. I'd be I'd be swapping to one of the, the main five um forwards that we didn't start with personally. Like if you out of Dunkley, Cornelio, Rosie, Taranto, Goulden, whichever one of those guys you didn't start in favour of Darcy Cameron, it's like a pretty easy sideways for me. 
So what if you don't have Canelio? Uh, he's got a 58 in his rolling, so you, yep. you think he's going to be more affordable in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, I'm not doing two trades just, to get him. No, so uh, so if that's – you just said like pick one of the, the five guys that you don't have. Yeah, Say sure. that's the guy. Um, Jack Zebel, does he appeal to you at 400K rather than the 350 was a week ago? Um, I mean, he does. Like he, he's still got – got that upside like uh the the fact that he's going to get the dpp and stuff as well is still appealing um i think personally i'm still swapping to a premium just because i'm that's the type of player i am but i know probably more than 50 percent of the people out there don't agree with that and 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 play the game a little bit more aggressively this year so if jack zebel is someone that you're really interested in i think that's a perfectly viable option. He's only in 18% of teams. And I think he had a one-point opening quarter and still finished on 78. So um, yep. apart from the start of the game, he's still shown that he's got that 100-plus scoring potential there. Oh, so absolutely. I, I think that's fine. Yep. Um, and then obviously a lot of people have DPP. So if you can switch him into the midfield or even into defense, which I think a lot of people will be able to do. Um, I mentioned LDU, Jelly, and Stewart. Uh, do any of those guys turn you off? Um, Jelly turns if, me on. If, oh, yes, uh, I mean, greatly, but um, <laughs> if LDU is named this week, he, he's probably the, the one, um, or would you prefer Jelly? Personally, I think I prefer Jelly. Like, uh, I do too. It's I, so weird I, to say, but... I, I think Sneaky, he's going to be... Well, it's the reason we started him. It's the reason that, that we were so hot on him to begin with, is that he looks like he has the potential to go 115 plus as a CBA-only mid. And his game on the weekend was just slick exactly everywhere. Yep. He, he was he was fantastic, and um, in a side that's you know losing a lot of games this year, I think personally, um, to to have that sort of ceiling, and even the game that he got knocked out on, like to start the year, it looked like he was getting a hundred and twenty that that week anyway. So, um, yeah, he the, was. The, the, he, it was literally an all-round game. 30 touches, nine tackles, a goal, second most contested possessions for his team. Um, yeah, he's just ticking all the boxes for me. I think um, LDU has the potential um, to start hot and not so much taper off, but I just don't see that acceleration to go 115 plus. I think he's going to be in the ballpark of like 110 to 115. He's going to be great. I think head-to-head I see Josh Kelly having a potential higher upside and that's what I want to buy into. I'm not saying that one's better than the other or LDU's a bad pick at all because I think he's going to be fantastic and it's why I wanted him last week. Um, I just think that the upside in Kelly, if if this is the year that we get the Josh Kelly that we thought we were going to get for the last 10 seasons, I actually want to be on. I want to be on that train. And I'm going to get burned by it again. (laughs) No, I'm happy to as well. Don't worry. Um, Just just be careful of Josh Kelly's buy, obviously. And with LDU, I think it's important that they haven't... So he's played in two wins um, and he missed the Hawthorne game, which I think he was a very, very large tag target tag target for all my days tag target um, yes yes that one and uh so so he missed that anyway but regardless that's three decent fixtures for them to start the season it only gets tougher um i think against the the the, the melbournes the collingwoods the brisbans of the of the competition i think it's going to be a lot tougher going uh for ldu so i just want to see that before i invest um, and I know he's very cheap right now, but I I think it's worth watching the price 
while watching him for another few weeks just to be sure of what we're buying into. Yeah. Um, so I also like Jelly a lot. Um, and then obviously it goes without saying, if you don't have Dacos um, or someone along those lines, like a more obvious pick that's highly owned, um, now's your time to repent and, and get that player if you can. So yeah, um, via some DPP. All right, so that's Darcy Cameron. That's a, a long discussion on Darcy Cameron. Uh, yeah, warranted kind of went everywhere, long discussion. Um, so now let's talk about trading. So yeah, okay, this has taken over our Slack, and it's why it's a a big part of this podcast now. So I'm seeing a lot of trade suggestions regarding Doherty, regarding Laird, somehow regarding Golden. And please don't judge our Slack, but these are just these are just spitballing. Um, these are suggestions just to see if, if there's any merit to them and then um, the discussion is had, et cetera. So um, I'm not saying people that suggested these are actually going to do the trades, but the fact that they're getting brought up, Tim Taranto is another one. Um, and then you look at players like Callahan, Horn Francis, uh, Will Day, some, some sort of other players that are getting thrown around on the trade table. We do not have an infinite amount of trades, Chizo. Um, it's I mean, it's no. a game, it's a game that's always been like thirty percent starting team, forty percent who you get in your trades, but then like a big percentage of how many trades you actually save for the end run when you use those trades, um, how many trades you utilize over the buys. Like there are so many bigger things in Supercoach than just I got to get all these names on my team sheet asap um, because it just doesn't doesn't work that way. Um, so we're seeing a lot of our slack missing out on Clayton Oliver right now and trying to get him in by all means necessary. Um, I think you're crazy if you're trying to boost to get Clayton Oliver this week. Um, you started you, you, you started against him for a reason, and I know Laird hasn't been everything that we expected, but um, there's, it gets to a point where you, you kind of just have to back your research. He's 700K. When does trading in a 700K player work out for the super coach uh, who's paying up for that that type of guy. Yeah. Um, so very rarely because they're human beings. A, a bad score eventually comes through. And if even, if even if it's for someone like that, that score might even be 98 and all of a sudden everyone's getting him 50K cheaper. Um, it's, it's so high. It, the higher you are, the harder you fall it is exactly how super coach is played. And I just think... Although the scores look like they hurt a lot now, um, that 700K is invested elsewhere in your team. Um, and you need to either back in that you've picked the right guys and you're going to be able to keep or maintain a balance between them and Clayton Oliver. Um, or you've picked the wrong guys and you, you maybe need to correct them. But to throw a team or, or a premium or a bunch of premiums out the window to try and get that one guy who's scoring against you, I just don't think is the way to do it. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah. Now, I think trying to get a 700K premium at this point means that you're culling another premium. There's no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You're getting rid of someone to get him. And it's getting to the point where... Yes, like let's take Doherty for example. Doherty hasn't started the world on fire. The 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 way that he's playing, sort of a little bit higher up the ground. He had thirty nine touches, ten marks, and a goal on the weekend. You know, like nine out of ten times, that's a one thirty score. So easy. It, it's not like I think we do have to have a little bit of confidence and kind of back our gut a little bit into a bunch of these guys. Um, Laird had a, a, a had a bit of a down game. He only had four tackles, which is the part that surprised me. But he still had 18 contested possessions, 26 touches, uh, four tackles, uh, 11 clearances. Like, he, he's still he, – he's going to get going. Like, it's not like um, he's going to fall off the face of the earth. We've seen what he can do in previous seasons. I think we just have to, to just suck it up for the time being, which it, it, it's painful. Um, but it's not like let's take um, – who do we have? Darcy in the opening two rounds. It looked like he was running around on one limb. So um, I think if you're actually watching the games, that they are passing the eye test. And particularly for me, Doherty's passing the eye test. It's just unfortunately what's happening with his score. Um, but I, I do agree. want to talk a little bit deeper about them as well. So do you yeah, want to do sure. That now it, or do you want to uh, yeah, go for it. Is it. Which one would you like to start with? So you mentioned Doherty. Stats obviously on the weekend were exceptional. Um, he butchered the ball a lot, um, very uncharacteristically so. Um, do we think? I, I suppose where I come at this is um, he's obviously got a bit of a new role. Um, he's playing a lot more midfield than what he's done ever in his career, um, which I, I think is generally a positive. But in this case, it does seem to be hurting his disposal efficiency. Um, Walsh set to return um, in the near future. I think helps that, um, and on top of that, do we think it's it's even a sustainable thing for Doherty to keep on having low disposal efficiency games, um, or is it it just we've copped a couple in the first few weeks, and it's an over exaggeration to think that it's going to continue, um, or do we think it is going to continue? What are your sort of thoughts on Doherty? The the volume of data we have on how well he uses the ball, it is an aberration that he had a weekend like we've just seen. So I've got no no issues with that. What I do have an issue with is the the week to week proposition of his role. Round one he had zero CBAs. Round two he had seven percent CBAs. Round three he had twenty three percent CBAs. I don't. I said in the preseason I thought that he was so good as a midfielder or a defender that he's going to score well playing both. But the problem is like. It seems like they want him as a defender and then they start panicking and go, oh, quick, chuck him in for a couple of CBAs and see what happens. And that's not, it's not really what you want. You really want him either you know, playing the first two quarters as a defender and then saying, okay, yeah, now you're going to be a midfielder. It seems like the, the, the switch gets pulled halfway through a quarter and he's just like, oh, wait, I've got to go into the middle? Okay, and that's, that's 
something that I find a little bit surprising. They are using it as a, a bit, a bit of a bit of a Mister Fix It uh, is what it seems like. Um, but I I have confidence in him. I think that as the the season progresses, the the variance will kind of average out, and we'll still get that one ten um, sort of play that we get in Sam Doherty. It just it sucks that in that that ta- heads and tails that we did with Dawson and Doherty to start of the year that he yep. just happened to be on the downswing, which is also what happened with Laird and Oliver. Like you could have picked you, we, you could literally be in the top one k right now if you picked Dawson over Doherty and Oliver over Laird. Literally in the top one k by making that selection, and that we spent so much time going backwards and forwards about which is the most the the, the best combo, and unfortunately we've just picked the two bad ones. We didn't even get one of the good ones. I personally don't like Doherty's role. I think it does improve when players like Walsh come back. Um, but I don't I don't enjoy what I see from Doherty's role. I think he has to rush it a lot more when he's in that midfield. And I think that is why we're seeing worse disposal disposal efficiency. However, um, what we saw on the weekend is still an aberration. There were still times where he was rebounding off of halfback and just missing a target. And that is not that's not Sam Doherty. That's not the guy that we know um, that we have years and years and years of data on. So I expect a lot of it to correct and I expect the score like last, like the week just passed to be way closer to a 150, 120 at worst. Um, <laughs> wait, let me say that again. I can't edit that out. That's in the middle of a sentence. No, no, I'll start the sentence again. <laughs> I can't even remember where I was. I expect that to be way closer to the 115s and 120s that we what we've seen from him in the last couple of seasons, um, especially last season where he had a, a really high ceiling. So um, I do expect that to return to the norm. I just don't know if that's going to be this week, next week, or the week after when Walsh comes back, um, who I do think does help move the, the needle a lot for Doherty. So um, the other guy is Laird, who I want to kind of deep, deep dive on. So... Um, people are saying it appears like he's playing less time on ground. I think that's just because he's got higher ownership this year. People are noticing the time on the bench more than what they were last year when they didn't own him. Um, his his time on ground is actually as good, if not better, than what it historically has been. Um, so I don't think that's an issue at all. I think it's his best time on ground that he's had since 2020, and that was the shortened season with the um, the lower lower time on ground games, like the lower timed ground games. So um, obviously that's going to be his career high. But anyway, um, I don't see that as an issue. I do I do think teams are definitely more wary of him. Um, but that's like that's not something I can say statistically or, or back up statistically. But um, I do think teams are aware of his prowess, which is hurting him a little bit. But as the year goes on, Rochelle and, and, and players like that that are going through there that are absolute superstars already – um, I'm going to demand that attention away. Led, I cannot see averaging less than 120 this year. Mm. Um, and he's already had a 50. So he's going to make up those points and then some. So um, I have I have very, very little concern about Rory Led. Yeah. So last, last uh, what's, he's been in the midfield for two years now? Yeah. So he went 78% time on ground 2021, 78% time on ground 2022, and he's on 80% time on ground in these three games so far this year. So, like, he's literally just doing what he does. Yep. Yep. So I'm not concerned about Laird. Yeah. No, you're, I, you're I, as well. I, yeah. I agree. Like, in the same fashion, I'm not, I'm not concerned about 
Doherty. Like I'm, I'm not entertaining trading either of those Lead at that trades, point. Yep. Yeah. Um, just lastly, uh, in this in this sort of ilk, um, Errol Goulden, I think I think a couple of people have mentioned that um, they didn't expect what they saw on the weekend. He did have a lot of wing time. Um, I think that is just a product of the team that they played, Melbourne. Um, he dominated when he was in the CBAs. He dominated at half forward as well. Um, he scores so many points when he's not on the wing. Um, I just think it's really hard for him to sustain that level against the, the better contested teams like Melbourne. Um, so I think it's we're going to see those games throughout the year, but it's not going to consistently derail his average. Um, he still scored 85 in a big, big, big loss. Um, Errol Gordon is like maybe the furthest player on my team from from getting trade out talks. Yeah, I, I think the the problem was like the the first couple of weeks we saw him at fifty percent. We were just like hell yeah, like he was at ten percent the last two years, and they're talking about a big CBA bump. He's just literally gone back to back fifty percent CBAs. This is awesome. The problem is in those two rounds, Callum Mills was at thirty six and thirty three percent, and then Callum Mills this week went to sixty nine percent. He was the the second highest uh, midfielder, and Goulden and Roboton dropped back from the fifties to the thirties. So unfortunately, it doesn't look like he's as close to being a top, you know, a first rotation mid as what we thought. Parker's still at 75% each week. Um, Warner is their their next uh, most in at 57% average. Callum Mills is obviously Callum Mills, so he will go where they need no, him to. No, but I don't – yeah, that's the thing. I, I, think that's, I think Mills is only there against Melbourne because it's Melbourne. So every time they have a tough game, they're just going to take Errol Gould out of it. Like, so it's, it's just a flat game. track bookie. No, just a contested game. Like, a, a, like Melbourne is the best contested. Like they've got Petrarca and Oliver in the middle yeah. and then either Viney or Harms or like they're a very big-bodied contested team. Yeah. You need Mills in there to sort of mitigate some of that. And I think for the second half, Mills was at the very least following Clayton Oliver. Um, but essentially, I, I don't see a, a world in which Gordon goes, oh, I'm going to play... 50% against these teams because it doesn't match their, their skill sets. Um, I still think it does personally because he any time he was in there, was you could literally see Sydney come back and, and kick a few goals when Gordon was inserted in there. But mm. um, maybe it's that his body can't handle the, the crash and bash at this stage against the big-bodied midfielders. I'm not sure. But clearly against two of the easier oppositions, the the, the worst in midfields, he, he was absolutely fine to have 50%. Now this week against Melbourne, I don't think it's a coincidence that Mills went up and Gordon went down in terms of their skill sets and their experience. But I don't expect that to just be the, the, running, the running thing now is that they've just switched all of a sudden. Yeah, I, I guess the, the, the problem for me is that Robottom and Gordon mirror each other so closely. Like they're, they're within um, 4% CBAs in the first round and 8% CBAs in the second and third round. Like it's almost like um, – I guess what I'm saying is that he's not a clear top three midfielder. He's not even a clear no, he's fourth midfielder. He's he's clearly in their top five midfielders, but when he becomes the fifth midfielder like he was on the weekend, it sucks a bit. Yeah, no, that I think that's completely correct. But they lost by 15 and scored 85. Like it didn't suck to the point where he put out a 60 – no, correct. You, no, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's quickly touch on a couple of other names that I mentioned. Um, 
JHF and Callahan are two names that I see floated around as trade out options. Um, Horn Francis scored eighty four, so his big score in round one has now gone out of his. Well, he's now going out of his um, three round average, so he's got an eighty eight break even. Um, he's a 50-50 chance to hit it as per Supercoach uh, Plus suggestion. Um, and I think players are starting to look at him as potentially not a potential keeper, which they thought he might have been. Um, well, this is, a, this is the thing. If I can butt in, what's changed yeah, with this it. role? Like he's still, a, he's still a 60% CBA mid across all three uh, weeks. Yeah. Like he's playing the exact yeah. same role. Like, did he just have a really good week round one? Yes. Like, I, know, yes. I, I remember we were talking about how every time he kicked a freaking helicopter off the side of his boot, it landed in his teammates' hands. Yeah, like, that's, that, that's that obviously happened. that's obviously happened. But did it happen? Eighty points worth happened, or yeah, well, fifty okay. points worth. Yeah, <laughs> Easy. yeah. I mean, if you if you're getting that many clearances and they just keep on landing on players' chests, and instead of having instead of being clangers, there's a lot of six point turnarounds. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, they, they added up for him in round one and I said, look, the role looks good, but I don't think he's going to be a keeper and I, and he's going to have real low variance games. He, he He's pretty much like a, a little bit more polished Warpool when you're thinking of players that play in the middle. Like he can hit a really good hit, a really good kick. Um, he doesn't helicopter every single ball, but he, he can and they result in clangers and it just keeps his score down. Yeah, um, yeah. So if you needed Horn Francis to go down to facilitate English from Cameron, I'd be okay with that. I think if you just brought him in, do you stick with him or do you just flick him up after one week? Or you probably <sighs> had him two weeks now. Yeah, I don't know what you're sticking with him for. I think I think we've well, seen the, ro- the role's still weeks. good. He had a 16 possession 84 in a game that yeah. they lost, and he's still getting 60 percent CBAs. They clearly believe in yeah. him, like. No, for sure. The role won't change. I don't think he's urgently needed to be traded out, but I think he is one of your priorities if you're, yeah. you're having to make money. If, yeah. if, you're do, if you're doing him to get, say, an English or an Oliver, which seem to be like the two biggest necessities right now, yeah. I, can, I, I can totally see that. That's, that's not even – you don't even really need to look into it. Like he just has the money. Yeah. He's not performing as we would be. But if you're just doing it because he's like, oh, he's not doing as well as I thought he would be and you don't really have anything else to fix – I'd almost just stick with him. Yeah, no, I would too. Yeah. If he's one of your, if he's one of your only issues, like you've got English, you didn't get Decam, or you do have Decam, but he's forward, or you know you've got an easy route to someone that you want. Um, if you can hold Horn Francis, then do it because yeah, there yeah. will be a period where he goes bang, 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 and Port win a few games by good margins and. All of a sudden, he's you know four hundred and twenty k instead, and, and mm, much mm. easier trade to someone bigger. But um, but yeah, if you have to facilitate, then I think he's perfectly fine to do so. With um, he's definitely definitely not going to be a keeper. Um, Callahan, another one um, that's being discussed in circles. Oh, what he, a letdown this be, he's been so far this year. Like especially after round one, when we we saw all the upside. And I think we can throw Flanders in here. He's still owned by 9.5% of the teams. He's 250K. He lost 5K this week. <laughs> oh my God. That's unbelievable. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's sort of believable. It's that- unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, I didn't start him for this reason, but it's, yeah, yeah. it's, it's very unbelievable. Like that, that is, to go backwards from that price, um, yeah, hard to do. Uh, I actually can't find Callahan's um, ownership level. I don't know if I'm just twenty six percent. 
Oh, 20, wow. That's, 27%, yeah. That's a lot more than I expected. Yeah. He's um, probably a really easy kind of price point. So if you're, if you're like me and you have no money in the bank um, and you're looking to get English, you can literally do, say, Darcy Cameron to English. Like, this is if you've got Darcy Cameron. If you're in the exact same boat as me um, with Callahan, Callahan, he's got the the, yep. the right amount of cash to go down to a 123K rookie and turn DCAM into English. And I think with like, say, uh, JVR with, with Melbourne, who's probably for the next four weeks until Max Gorn comes back is going to be playing 10 15% um, ruck forward uh, for the Ds. I think he's his viable option when he's on the bubble or, or even going a week early. So um, that that's a really obvious one for me to Callahan. You can sort that issue while also getting English, but you know that only caters to the people that are in the same position as me. So, um, so conversely, in Horn Francis's position, yep. if you can keep Callahan, you can keep Flanders. Is there any point in doing so? Oh no! I think, no, I, there's I, no point I, in I keeping think, either of them. <laughs> yeah, I think I think in regards to both of them, they're both failed picks. Um, yeah, they're both. They, I, I don't think they even really have that spike potential. So, um, I'd be okay with correcting them to a rookie that you missed or a rookie that you want. Um, and speaking of rookies, there are a couple on the bubble this week, being uh, Phillips, if named, and Ralston for GWS. Yeah. Um, a couple of good-looking bubble boys on the horizon with JVR, who you mentioned, and uh, potentially Brockman for Hawthorne. And then a couple of 200K guys like Chandler, who um, people might have missed out on after the first few weeks, and uh, Marty for the Swans, who's playing at ruck forward position as yep. well. So um, there are names thrown around a lot. Are any of these guys demanding selection, in your opinion? Um, we'll start with Phillips and Ralston. Well, speaking of demanding selection, I'm so surprised you didn't uh, name Samson Ryan and Tyler Young. Uh, from the Tigers. There's a good reason for that. <laughs> they're just knocking the door. To, hey, they're on the bubble. Um, I think what you said earlier in the show in that Phillips had that role without LDU and um, without your boy Simkin. Um, Simkin in there as well. I think it's really hard to get a gauge on if he yep. is going to stay in the best 22 because if he's 20, best 23, it, it doesn't help us. Um, I think with Rouston with the the GWS side, he's going to keep getting games. So if and he's a little bit cheaper as well. So I'd probably prioritise him over Phillips. As weird as that sounds, um, and and keeping in mind that a lot of these selections are we're looking to kind of find some cash in order to go up to someone this week. Um, so I'd be I'd be looking towards the the cheaper end as opposed to even a Jack Buckley, uh, which is sort of going under the radar with his role um, for GWS, GWS as well. I think he's gone uh, three weeks in a row in the the nineties or nineties yeah, or something like yeah. that as well. He's he's at the two seventy mark, so um, uh, he's definitely sort of out of reach. But the 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 guys in the the two hundred mark Chandler's interesting. I think he's he's been really really positive. Um, I think that they like that he can play in multiple roles as well. I've seen him up forward. I've seen him down backer. Uh, I've like I think that I said I've said this before. I think Goodwin finds these guys like James Jordan in twenty twenty one that plays a particular role that he really likes, and he just locks him in for twenty rounds that year. And I just I get the feeling that Chandler is one of those dudes, um, and and so I'd be a little bit more tempted. At him because of uh, the, the the cash that he's going to make quite quickly if he keeps performing performing at the same level, but again, I'm still prioritising someone 
cheaper because of what we're aiming to do with our second trade. If it's just a one trade sort of thing and you're asking me, oh, I just want to do a downgrade this week, um, am I doing Chandler, Phillips or Rouston? I'm almost leaning towards Chandler out of the three. Yeah, out of those three, if which Phillips is non-conventional, is with- I realize that's I realize that's probably not yeah, what yeah. we're used to saying. So uh, I've got a bit of a different thought process. So if Phillips is named with those two uh, incoming midfielders, then I think he automatically becomes the number one target. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Um, Chandler is very difficult because why? If you don't have him now, which I don't, why don't you have him? And the answer is usually because you didn't trust his job security. So what has changed now? Yeah. He's, he's had one more good week. That's that's fine. But is he still two bad weeks away from being dropped? Probably. Do they have players like um, Kazai Pickett coming back? Yes. Um, is he going to survive that? Probably if he keeps playing this way, but is he going to keep? Do- like, do, do you know what I mean? Like, we yeah, just go yeah. around in circles, and it's a lot of uncertainty on Chandler. So, um, like, I, I'm personally not going for Chandler. I think if you really do want Chandler, then you could probably just wait another week and get JVR on the bubble, or even Brockman, um, who had three goals and ninety points on the weekend. So, I, I think there's just more. It's Phillips or kind of bust for me this week because. Like if you've got morals, if you're not sticking by them, then like Supercoach becomes a really difficult game if you keep flip-flopping on your decisions and going, no, I didn't get Chandler for this reason, but now that it's a week later and I've seen him score well again, I'm going to pay an extra 80K for him. Yeah, sure. Even though those reasons still exist sort of thing. So, Well, um, the, the look, reason I'm, I'm, I'm saying that is because you gave me those options. Like if you're also presenting me with the option to get oh, JVR, sure, yeah. I'm going JVR a week early over the rest of them. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um yeah, 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 yeah. There's a lot to consider, I think, with the rookies. Um, I don't think it's a great week to be downgrading unless Phillips is named. Yeah. Um, and like for someone like me, I didn't even fade Chandler because of the job security. I faded him because I had three other uber-important trades to make. Um, and in doing so, I look at it this week and go, would I have even done it last week if I had the, the opportunity? Probably, but I, I wouldn't have liked it and now I don't like it for 80K more sort of thing. So um, I'm just I'm just not pushing things around to get it done, yep. I guess, is the main point. So um, I suppose I'm targeting next week for a downgrade if I make one um, and that's to JVR and, and potentially Brockman. So um, I think I think that's pretty much where I sit there. So it's, Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, I then like someone messaged me and said, "Hey, I really believe in Chandler. You know, I think he's going to hold his place for five weeks. I would not for a second say don't trade him in either. So, um, don't get me wrong. Uh, I think it's a real gut call situation with the rookies this week, and um, wherever you go with it is is like <laughs> on the fence of being right or wrong, and we just don't know. We're not the coaches. Yeah. Um, besides Phillips, if he's named with those midfielders, then that should be a slam dunk." Um, all right, so besides that, I suppose I just want to quickly ask before we wrap up, what trades are you doing this week, Chizo? Uh So this week, as I mentioned, I'm doing decamp to JVR on the forward line, and that's going to allow me uh, – sorry, I'm doing stocker to JVR because that's the only option I have of, um, of getting decamp up to English. 
without having to yeah, boost. Right. I'm trying to do it without boosting, and I don't want to trade Stocker. And I can technically do, say, a Lockie Jones, sorry, Lockie Jones, Liam Jones to um, Tyler Young, but stuff that for a joke, having Constable and Young as my bench cover in, in defense and having Cowan yeah, on field. No. And so what that allows me to do is to bring Chandler on field, which is probably the rookie on my bench that I'm more comfortable with. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I could I could do a, a midfielder as well, but uh, I'm 1K short of doing GWS Rouston um, and I can do JVR or Brocker and uh, JVR with that, that ruck split just makes me a little bit more confident until Grun, um, Gorn gets back and then I'll have to flick him. Hopefully he's made 100K by then. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that's fine. Um, I I like it because you're you're acknowledging that Stocker is the guy, even though you don't want to trade Stocker particularly. Um, English is more important. Yeah, it's just you really have to prioritize. And someone like Stocker, I think we've quite simply seen in the first three weeks, although he's going to be consistent and have, have a decent enough floor, um, although he flirted with a 50 on the weekend, mind you, um, he's not going to have that 110, 120, uh, whereas Liam Jones could potentially have that in his locker as we saw in the preseason. So mm. um, I think of those two, you're looking at the guy who's potentially going to spike you more cash and I think Jones is the the, the guy that you'd want to keep anyway. So um, no, I, think, I think that's a good decision, good trades. Now, would you like to hear my controversial trade? No. Yes, of course I would. Tell me. Okay, so... I'm looking to hopefully just make the one move um, if selections go well, and that's just going to be Doherty to Clayton Oliver. <gasps> oh, controversy. Talk to me about <laughs> where, how did you come up with that? Wait, how much cash uh, do you have? That well, That's the thing. It's only controversial because I, I advised not doing as such earlier in the podcast and, and preached a bit of calmness to people. Um, but I last week I made my trades um, – and, and consciously chose Jack Zebel over Darcy Cameron um, and oh, kept the right, money in the too. bank for a rainy day. And, and rainy day is rainy next day week. You feels like it's it's very close. <sighs> um, so I just, I just think Doherty is going to be gettable in a couple of weeks at 550K is my first yeah, upgrade. Yeah. And whether he is that or not is to be seen, but I'm fine with rolling that dice. Whereas Clayton Oliver, I firmly believe, could still be as expensive in, in about five weeks' time if we look yeah. at his run. So yep, absolutely. Um, I'm going to bite the bullet on that one. But I've literally got just the one trade to make there, the money already in the bank, the, the, the already underperforming defender. Nothing that changes in my team because Jimby's in my midfield, so no, nothing even changes on field. It is literally dockety to Clayton Oliver. That is it. So there's no other factors in, involved. So I'm okay. I'm at peace with making that correction and and suffering the consequences that Doherty offers up to me, um, and and everyone getting Clary in three weeks' time for 600k. But I'm okay with that now. Um, but there's such a rare circumstance that I wouldn't suggest everyone to just follow along and rip up their teams to try and do the same <laughs> if they don't have Clary. So you know if, what I mean, if you're like JB and have 170k in the bank. Doherty yes. to Oliver is fine. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. If you're able to use DPP and go Darcy Cameron to Oliver because you've already got English, that's totally fine. I think just to put a little a little bow on it, JB, is that I wouldn't be doing two trades to do something with no, Doherty. No, correct. 
Yeah, correct. And and that's that's why I've been saying all day in Slack and I've been saying on the podcast not to do the trade Doherty to Clayton because not everyone has that bank. But it's such a hypocrite. I'm gonna, I can't wait to get on Twitter that's the like thing, everyone I didn't else want and to just be like a hypocrite. take shots at JB. It's such a fun game. Uh, I mean, I look forward to it. That, that <laughs> it's what I get any, every week anyway. So, um, But I didn't want to be deceitful and then yeah. everyone say, oh my, oh my God. But anyway, that's uh, I, th- I think that's interesting. I think that's an interesting podcast, all in all. Um, we're not going to do captaincy because there will be a YouTube video dropping on Thursday day of um, myself waffling into a microphone uh, about captaincy. So huh. I think historically I'm among the better captain people, better captaincy people. All right. Um, How's your captaincy going this year? Justify yourself. Um, no, not very well, actually. I mean, <laughs> I've only got. I, I was on lad round one like everyone else. It's going to look as bad as everyone else, but yeah. um, I've had three weeks of lad as captain. Very boring. Um, no, no, no. But years past, I think I've been. I've been, I've been a good. Enough you have captain been. There was player. that Twitter thread that uh, that Nico did from Supercoach Data that had you in yes. the top ex co- uh, captaincy coaches for the year the last two years. So you are justifiably yep, yep, yep. better at captaincy options than I am. I think Pistol once did the maths that if he had a, had have chosen all of my captains yeah, that's for right. the, the last couple of seasons, he would have had um, a couple of top 100 finishes. <laughs> yep. Um, so we, we, he and I need to combine our brains. No, no, no. He, and- he, he figured out this – is, this is the funny thing. Back in 2021, I think when he finished 93rd, I think that was the he finished 93rd, he figured if he used your captaincy options, he would have won Supercoach. On his exact team as well. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. This so, is the kind of stuff um, that XL Pistol does in his spare time. Yeah, he's muck up his captaincies. It's, it's not ideal. <laughs> um, no, no, but I'll, oh, I'll go through. That just reminded me of that meme. It's like <laughs> oh, everyone's weakness. It was like Samson cuts his hair and he falls. He can't lift anything. And that was like uh, Achilles gets shot in the ankle and he can't do anything. And it's like Pistol picking a VC or C and he's just like killed over. True. Slack has some, True. Has some jet memes. That That is 100% factual as well. Um, but no, I'll put together a video hopefully explaining um, my thoughts on captaincy this week there. So um, look forward to that, everyone. And I think that does us for this one. Wait. Did you, did you have anything else? Is Will Day a keeper? Ah, oh, I did I did a gloss over Will Day earlier. Um, he has had a couple of good scores in a row. I do like Will Day. Um, I don't think he's a keeper. I, I just don't think he has that... It's really hard to quantify. He, he's had back-to-back good scores. He's super reliant on the roll, mind you. Yeah. Um, so he's had a 98 and a, and a 139 after a 60 in round one. So that there's been an increased yep. um, CBA count. But I think he's very much like Gordon. His frame is is very thin. He's got Geelong this week, GWS the week after. That's a couple of um, imposing midfields. Melbourne in round nine, I think he's going to be super interesting. Even Bulldogs in round seven. Um, I just wonder how he goes against those types of midfields. Um, he's just come up against Sydney where he didn't turn. He scored 98. Um, and North Melbourne, which obviously um, without LDU or Simpkin is a little bit more flattering. Um, I think he's just going to be up and down all season. So no, not a keeper for me. Um, he's got a very, very low break even. I think it's in the negatives actually. It's negative six. Um, I would bet on him to uh, to hit that, by the way. Um, 
but he, I, I wouldn't be looking to trade him in knowing that you're going to be using a trade to get him out. Um, unless it's like you're choosing between him and Zebul, in which case I probably would still go Zebul. Yeah, I, I think if you have Will Day, that's awesome. Like you, you've yeah, picked, you've great. picked one of the mid prices that are looking really really good this year. Round one, twenty six percent CBAs, which correlated with his lower score, and then he's gone sixty three percent and sixty five percent against Sydney and North, which has shown like it shows that he he will um, have some some positive some positive upticks when he gets those CBAs. Um, so, like, yeah, I, I think that he's absolutely fine in terms of hold him until we find out if he's going to be or not. If we get to the buyers and he looks like a keeper, that's great. Then we know he, he, he will be. But people that are asking, is Will Day going to be a keeper? He's 350K. Let's try and bring him in this week. I think, unfortunately, if you weren't on the ride to begin with, he's at a price point and we're at a trade cadence point right now that we really can't be messing with trying to grab someone that has just had one one good game. Uh, cadence is a very good word that I forgot to mention earlier as well. Upgrade cadence, very important. When talking about sidewaysing your, your premiums, you want to start setting up for your upgrade cadence. You can't be wasting too many trades on sideways or even downgrades, which I've, I've seen mentioned. So um, I thought I'd throw that in there at the very end. So that, that is going to do us for this episode on the Dr. Supercoach podcast. You can catch um, the main man, Chizo at Chizo underscore DRSC, myself at JB underscore DRSC, and Pistol at Pistol underscore DRSC. The main is at Dr. underscore SC. I don't know why we plug all this stuff. Um, make sure you do check out our YouTube. There's there's at least one video coming through Chizo, maybe two. Mate, and, and please comment on it. I've, I've really, really enjoyed... Um, commenting back to people that have really interesting questions underneath the comments in the comments section of the videos like uh, I've had some some sort of trade scenarios where people are like I'm doing this this week I'm like that's actually brilliant so there's been some some great engagement there and feel free to uh, to jump in and and let JB know that we'll be tracking his captaincy options every time he puts this uh, this little video out (laughs) I look forward to it I love the pressure (laughs) Um, thanks everyone for tuning in once again and we'll catch you next week deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. 
Sign up with code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.